And so it is. The way we open up our gatherings together, when I, Tobias, join with each one of you all across the world. And so it is. What a wonderful way to call together all of our energies. And today we welcome in many new ones. Energies have brought you here. Your spirit has brought you here to this place that we call divine. The place that is the point of presence, the now moment. Your spirit has called you to be in the energy and the consciousness of this group known as Chambra. has been gathering like this for a long, long time. If you can believe it and imagine it, back into the times of Atlantis. Oh, there was an Atlantis. This group has been gathering back in the times of Yeshua, also known as Jesus. They were the Essenes. They were the ones who studied at the deep inner levels. They were the ones who have been helping to plant the seeds of new consciousness as far back as 2,000 years ago, preparing for this time that we now live in. It's happening now, dear Jambro, dear visitors and friends. It's happening now all over the world. A tremendous change in consciousness going from going from an old energy of vibration into a new energy of expansion. Going from a point where part and only part of the Spirit existed on earth in human forms, going through lifetime after lifetime of physical reincarnation, searching, discovering, learning, and playing, but so often removed from their divine, from their spirit, from their true self. But it's happening now that the divine and the human are coming back together. And it's not what you may think it is. It's not, it's not a big angel with big fluffy wings going to come and save your world. It's the divine part of you, the simplest, the easiest, and the most loving. It's a part of you that has always loved you and always been there, but waiting for that other part called the human to go through its process. When we say that it's happening now, it is the homecoming that's been waited for since the beginning of all time. It's, it's the first seal of separation, returning back again in unity. And it's happening right now. Last month you heard from Adamus St. Germain, who talked about all of the changes that are in the world right now, things that are going to be happening, to give you some awareness, not from a fearful standpoint, but to understand the world around you. 
and to understand why you chose to be here right now. Today's shout will be much easier <laughs> and perhaps much shorter as well. And today's shout, <laughs> sigh of relief, goes out across the world. <laughs> December today. Today we're going to sit back a little bit, we're going to relax, and I'm going to give you yet another version of Tobias's timely tips. <laughs> it's actually the first time in a shout, but I've been doing it for you for God knows how long, so we'll just do it in front of everybody. But it is happening right now. The world is changing. You're changing. Consciousness is evolving. It's interesting for I, Tobias, for the other entities of the Crimson Council and, and other angelic councils to observe, because we see both what's happening to you on Earth. We see the beauty of what you're going through. But you know, we also see what's happening in the angelic corridors. And there are many, many, many different dimensions or corridors. But we talked a long time ago about this, the expansion of all that is, the expansion of the consciousness of the one and the many, came to a stop. Could expand only as far as it could go. That's why you is as angelic beings agreed to come to Earth, agreed to go back through so many of the experiences you had in the non-physical realms, but to do it in physical reality, slowed down, where you could be consciously aware of choice and then the result of your choice. You spent a long time here, some of you, 14, 1500 lifetimes on Earth. And now it's happening. The energies in all of the other dimensions is starting to move once again. It is expanding, but not like it was expanding before. The energy um, consciousness had a certain way of moving long before Earth was ever created. It's moving once again, but it's moving quite differently. It's moving with a new consciousness and a new sense of itself. As a result, the spiritual families, the angelic families from where you came, they are moving again as well. They are waking up. They are able to once again start moving and freeing their energy. And that's why we've told you in recent gatherings that Earth is the original, is the first of the physical planets. And after Earth, there will be many, many others like it. Maybe not in this dimension that, you, that you're familiar with. But because of what has been learned here, it helps to create many other Earths, where many of your spiritual families will go to, to learn about themselves, to learn about this great gift that Spirit bestowed upon them, called the unique identity, a soul, a God-self. Now granted, they won't have to go through the intense experiences that you've gone through here on this Earth 
in your many lifetimes because you've paved the way for them. They won't have to go through 1,400 lifetimes. They won't have to... I wouldn't have to go through feeling lost, totally disconnected from the rest of themselves and spirit in order to truly evolve themselves because you've done it for them. I know some of you are perhaps cursing a bit under your breath saying you did this all on behalf of the spiritual families. They won't have it nearly as difficult, but... Dear ones, they have such grand honor for you. I also have to say that they miss you dearly. Since you've been here on earth, you've been out of contact with them and they with you. They knew what you were going for, but they didn't know what you would have to get involved in. They knew that it would be a long time before they felt you again. Now they're feeling you, and you're beginning to feel them. And perhaps in that you'll begin to understand some of the very reason why you chose to come here, why you chose to feel that you were totally lost. So let's take a deep breath. What a glorious day. It's happening. It's here. Changes are upon this grand and glorious place called Earth. It's amazing to be alive. It's amazing to be you. And how I, Tobias, look forward to my very near return back to Earth, back to walk with you, share these experiences, be part of what you call Shambra. So today... Today will be a little bit easier. We're going to invite in now our guest for the day. We'll join us for the next few segments. Our guest will be around you these come next few months, be with you. Some of you have worked directly with our guest in a previous lifetime. Some of you have studied our guest and their teachings and their understandings. So our guest comes in today in a place of honor. Take a deep breath and welcome in Carl Gustav Jung into our gathering. He's been longing to return, to come back and, and join us up front like this. He has not reincarnated back to earth, but will be soon. Perhaps my new persona, Sam, will perhaps get to know this, um, this reincarnation of Jung back here on earth. But he was, a, he was a, a leader in his time, developing new ideas and new consciousness. And while there was such a movement back in his days towards science and technology, he said, hang on just a minute. It's not all about science. Matter of fact, the being, the human, is deprived of a very important part of themselves if you make it all about facts and figures and only the things that can be seen through a microscope or factored into a mathematical formula. There's something more. 
There's this thing called the psyche. There's this thing called the spirit. And that should play such an important role in any person's life, regardless of whether they or not they are religious. But the understanding of their consciousness, of their inner self, and the thing that does go beyond the mind. He was a pioneer in his time. That's why he is asked to come back and see the new pioneers of this new age, to learn from you, so that when he incarnates once again, he has the very valuable lessons from all of you, the insights and the awarenesses that you have helped to develop. Carl came in also at an important time in in his lifetime, although not nearly as... um, as large as the changes you are seeing right now. Dear Carl, like most good young Swiss boys, had to study hard, had to recite and memorize and hit the books. His father, a preacher, wanted him to be a good student and a a successful person in life. But there was always something in Carl It caused him to resent and resist the studies, much more so than other boys his age, eight, nine, ten years of age. Even though he could discipline himself, even though he studied hard and got somewhat good grades, there was part of him that was beginning to get angry, beginning to resent any of this studying, He wanted to go off in his daydreams. He wanted to feel his intuition. He wanted to to connect with his spirit. You can imagine, as a young boy, how difficult that was to talk about when the order of the day was getting good grades. The only son, the only child in his family, getting good grades. So he could be successful, carry on the family name. He set up an interesting little situation for himself, as many of you did when you were younger also. I'm going to ask you to allow yourself to remember an event in your life that occurred when you were in the age range of, let's say, seven to maybe 12 or 13 years of age. Something traumatic happened to change the course to open you up. For Carl, it was an argument with some of his other classmates one day. I got a bit nasty using um, not-so-nice words with each other. Carl held back trying not to get angry, even though he could feel his face getting red and his fist clenching until one of the other schoolmates, a boy much larger than he, happened to make an inappropriate comment about Carl's mother. Now, some of you know what that's like. But in this case, it was real. Carl's mother had severe problems with depression, anxiety. 
She was sent away quite often, locked away on a few occasions. And the separation from his mother was deep in Carl's heart and mind, his caring for her, but also his embarrassment about her. So the moment the other boy made the comment about um, what you would say now, your mama, has brought up all of the anger, all of the resentment, and all the ill feelings that Carl had been holding. And he lunged at the accuser. And of course, the other boy being much larger and much stronger and having the assistance of some of his other um, close-by thugs, beat the crap out of Carl, got him down on the ground, knocked his head continually into the hard dirt until he lay unconscious and lifeless. That was a turning point in Carl's life. Because while he was laying there unconscious, there was an infusion of new energy. You know what happens? Sometimes you're in a car accident. Sometimes you fall, get the wind knocked out of you. Sometimes, like Carl, somebody punches you. As he lay there, unconscious, there was a change in him, and he went from everything going through the mind to his heart opening up. When he came to, stumbled back home, he vowed never to go to school again. You see, he placed the blame on school. But something else was in the works. He told his father, his caretakers, that he couldn't possibly go back, um, for they would beat him up again. But that was an excuse for what would become the very, very formative years of Carl's life. He studied somewhat under his father, but he spent a tremendous amount of time with himself what some would call daydreaming, but it was expanding. Some would call just lying in bed, but what he called going into other realms. What some would call self-absorbed, but what actually was coming to know himself. He stayed out of the mind and the studying for several years so that he could bring his intuition and a sense of self into the forefront. It was a setup that Carl had for himself, a just-in-case setup, just in case he got too caught up with studying as he feared he might, just in case he forgot what he had come to earth to do, to open the doors of consciousness to be able to talk about things like cosmic consciousness, awareness of other dimensions and spirits, and come here to study psychiatry, philosophy, psychology, but from a whole new standpoint, neither the hard intellectual study or the religious study, but what you would now call the new consciousness. So his episode when he was 12 years old altered 
the very mental course that he was on. Oh yes, eventually, eventually one day he chose again to go back to the studying and he did it from a whole new place now, not just memorizing but rather absorbing information. Not doing it just so he could get good grades and go to a good school, but because he was now immersed in the study of human consciousness, human history and human potentials. Of course, as you know, he went on to become famous, writing books, lecturing around the world, meeting some of the greats, spent some time working with um, Freud, but at some point in their relationship basically disagreeing with each other, with Jung going off on his own path, Freud going off on his. Of course, both of you and Freud and Jung know how the rest of each of their lives worked out. Dear Chambra, dear, dear Chambra, Carl joins us, CJ, we like to call him, joins us for this special gathering to watch yet the next, next level of consciousness, evolution of consciousness take place. Of course, he misses dearly what's being done, wishes he could be a part of it, so has chosen to come back in a new physical body quite soon. And some of you he may meet. Some of you he, as a young adult, may study under. Some of your books he may read. Some of your paintings and your inventions he might become familiar with. So it's indeed an honor to have him back, the pioneer of the new consciousness of a time past, coming to visit the pioneers of the new consciousness now. What an honor. Let's take a deep breath and let's get into Tobias's timely tips. As you all know, it has been an intense, intense several months, but in particularly this last month. It will continue to be intense. And just when things seem to ease up a bit, when the stock market comes back a little bit, when the news is quiet for a few days, it's going to come again. There are going to be times that you wonder why these waves and waves of changes at every level are taking place. Just remember, it's about change occurring. It's a natural process. It's only when the humans panic and the humans point fingers humans accuse, or the humans trying to hold on to a very, very old way, which is not appropriate anymore, that the problems start to occur. Oh, the changes will still take place, naturally. The evolution of consciousness is well underway. It's not going to change. There are those who are going to try to hold back, try to resist, and Eventually it will be very, very difficult for them, to the point where many will choose not to stay here on earth. They'll hang it up, so to speak, let go. I'm not talking about jumping off of bridges or buildings, 
talking about letting go of that life force energy that flows through the body. Because they are difficult and challenging times. But they don't have to be. You're going to feel yet another change, a very monumental change coming next week. Now, it's part, in part from these elections that are taking place. I'm not going to say whether it is uh, who's going to win, but I suppose we all already know. <laughs> it, is about, it is about choosing, voting for and choosing for a change and allowing it. It's interesting that, um, again, we observe the energies from our, our position on Angel's Peak. We observe how it's not just the ones who are going to the uh, voting places and uh, filling the, in the, in the, moving the lever, but there is a whole, behind every voter we say, are 10 or 20 other voters. Consciousness from people in other places around the planet who are also participating. This is the first um, sizable election of its, of its kind that has had that kind of energy, where it ties in more than just the one person who's voting, but they're also feeling the consciousness of others of a similar vibration around the world. You could say this is the first truly global vote that's ever taken place. Now, they're only going to count X number of million ballots, but behind every one of those is another 10, 15, maybe 20 ballots cast by the consciousness of others around the world. Others who have said, we want change, we're ready for change, are ones who've said, we're not so ready for change. We want to stay in some of the old patterns and ways. So watch, not just on the day or the night of the election, but in the three days following, watch how things move and change and evolve. Stand behind the short wall, even if yours is crumbling down. <laughs> Get a little celestial cement, patch it up a bit. Stand behind that short wall and observe. Be, be an energy observer like we are from up here or over here, wherever we happen to be. Stand back and watch the ebb and the flow, the movement. Watch how the energy will start to move at a very, very rapid pace, and then it stops suddenly. Just like if you hit the brakes on your car. Well, that is just the fear of other humans coming in, saying this is going too fast. We need to slow it down. And then something happens to break that energy free once again, get it moving. But then it tends to be kind of wobbly and shaky, trying to find its place again, trying to go back to old concepts and old um, programming, but it doesn't work. So when that energy of mass consciousness takes a deep breath, <laughs> so to speak, it finds its new level. It finds its new balance in a new place, very similar to what you've been going through, very similar to you putting on the brakes when it's going too fast, very similar to you feeling that you're totally out of balance, and when you finally give up and let go, 
you rebalance yourself at a new place, at a new level. You're going to see a vote of change taking place here this coming week. The results, the results in the three days, particularly the week afterwards. Watch how it works. Be a, be a monitor, be an observer. Come, come over and join us for a little bit. Get out of the drama and watch what happens. It will be amazing, unprecedented, and in a way very, very beautiful. We're looking forward to it over here. I already have my seat picked out, and uh, <laughs> we're gathering the others around. We're baking cookies and brewing up some new wine so we can watch humanity, the show, for the next few days. You talk about reality TV. <laughs> this is it at its finest. So. It's interesting that Jung has never been to this kind of event, and um, I, I think he must have had um, uh, kind of a feeling that it would be a little bit different, doesn't quite understand uh, this thing called Chambre yet, but um, you'll get used to it. Let's, let's talk about what you can do right now. It's very practical, very personal, not particularly um, airy-fairy, very grounded. We're going to start with the overview of some very simple things you can do in your life. I'm going to call the for this overview, we're going to call it um, the BEEP, BEEP, B-E-A-P, but if you allow us, we're going to program in or uh, bring in some beeps that you're going to hear, like a beep of an electronic uh, uh, noise or just a beep. But I'll come in to remind you sometimes when you're um, getting into anxiety and fear and, and um, taking it on yourself. So when you hear a little beep, it's a reminder of four very simple points. B, breathe. Now you knew that was coming. Breathing is the best thing you can do for yourself when you're being bombarded with all this energy from earth and humans and uh, the angelic realms right now. Bombarded not as an attack, but there is a tremendous movement of energy. And we know some of you get very upset with us when we say just breathe, because you want it to make it more complex. So stand on your hand, head and breathe. <laughs> Do a crossword puzzle when you breathe, if you want to, but just breathe. Breathing moves energy. Breathing moves energy. It was always designed that way from the very time you first started visiting this planet, and it still does it today. Breathing gets you back in your body, because right now most of you are at least two-thirds of the way out. You're shifting, moving off somewhere else. Breathing gets you back centered, gets the energy flowing. You get stuck a lot. You make progress, then you get stuck. Breathing helps. Breathing is, is basically spiritual lubricant. It keeps things gliding, keeps things moving. It actually, well, this is St. Germain that says it's not I, but St. Germain says breathing dumbs you down, dumbs you down, meaning you get out of your head. You stop thinking so much. You get back to basics, simplicity. So take a deep breath. Always take a deep breath. It's that easy. 
Second one, the E. E is for ease. Ease. If you're finding that there's a lot of struggles in your life, you're finding that everything is difficult and challenging, you're doing it wrong. You really are. Now, I'm not saying that it's not going to be intense, that you're not going to feel energy, but it doesn't have to drag you down. It doesn't have to drag down your bodies, like we saw this month in so many of you. What is with all of these ailments you're suddenly getting? Body aches and pains this month more than ever. This is because you're making it difficult. It's challenging. Yourself is trying to tell you it should be with ease. If it's not, stop, take a deep breath, take a deep breath, and do it differently. Nobody said that you have to suffer. Well, your parents said you did, but <laughs> nobody else said you had to suffer. The angels, spirit, Yeshua, any of them will say you don't have to suffer. Do it with ease. You'll find how amazingly easy it can be, particularly if you're back in the breath, you're back in yourself. Now, I'm not saying that it's going to make it easy on the people around you, and they're the ones who are often pulling you down, making, uh, making things difficult, giving you the challenges. They may continue in their consciousness and in their way, and that's fine. But for you, with the things in your life, the things you want to do right now, it should be done in ease. If it's not, stop. Do it a different way. Some of you take a certain kind of sadistic joy in having things difficult. You um, subscribe to this, um, this theory, uh, no pain, no gain, and it's not true. It should be with ease. More ease, more breeze. It keeps things moving. It keeps the energies expanding. Yes, you can put that on a bumper sticker. But, dear Shambra, if it's not with ease, stop, take a breath, do something fun for a little bit, and then approach it from a completely different way. It should be with ease. The A, the A for our beep, the A means awareness, awareness. You live in a society that has tremendous amounts of hypnotic overlays going back generation and generation, lifetime and lifetime, age after age. When it's all masked up right now, it's like, it's like scar tissue in the consciousness of humanity. People actually aren't aware, very, very little awareness. They're programmed. They're in the mind. The mind is programmed from ages ago, but especially right now, it's got a new level of programming into it. It comes from media, it comes from mass consciousness, it comes from education. So there is this tremendous hypnotic overlay. Most people aren't aware of their toes. Sounds simple, but they're not. If you're not aware of your toes, it's really hard to be in your body. 
Most people aren't aware of their physical body. They reluctantly drag it around with them every day. But they're not aware of it. And it is such a beautiful, precious vessel. When you are aware of your body, when you're doing the breathing, it's going to bring more life force energy into your body, requiring less food nutrition. Your body will operate at a more efficient level. You'll stay in your body. When you're floating halfway out your body, you're going to be bumping into things. Have you noticed that these last few weeks, the the um, increased incidence of bumping into things? When you're in your body, you're much more efficient. Being aware also means being consciously aware of the air that you breathe, of the trees outside, of the sky, the birds, being aware of everything in nature. <clears throat> it's almost a shame. It's almost a waste. Some people go through their life and they're not aware of their surroundings. Oh, they're, they're aware of time. That's a big one. Humans are aware of time. <laughs> but they're not aware of the beauty of nature, the sun on the face. That's only once in a great while that they stop for a moment. Be aware of sounds. Be aware of things you see and smell. Smell, which is one of the greatest ways of waking up the intuition at a divine, sacred level. You realize people's sense of smell is at the lowest point it's been in hundreds of years, maybe thousands of years. It's indicative of the fact that they're not sensing things around them. So it closes down the sinuses, the nasal, the sense of smell. They're in a little hypnosis, little hypnosis. So be aware, not only of your surroundings. Yes, and I'm saying consciously. Take a look at that tree. Go over and feel it. Put your hand in, in running water from, from a river or a stream or in a lake. Just feel it. Don't try to do anything to it. Don't try to, don't try to do anything other than to be aware. Be aware of the other energies around you. They're coming in like never before. I'm talking about from the angelic realms, from the near-earth realms, the invisible realms. Tremendous attention coming to earth right now. Ones who have crossed over to the other side recently and haven't gone back to the Bridge of Flowers. They're gathering around wondering what's going on on earth. Some of them horrified, some of them excited about coming back in. They're here. They're in the room right now. They're next to you as you're sitting there on your computer listening to this. You're not alone. <laughs> They're all around. But there's energies that are coming in also to support and to serve you. Ones like Jung, who comes in now, wants to be particularly close, wants to know what you're going through, but also wants to give you some of his thoughts and insights. The angelic beings are all around. You keep asking when they're going to show up, but they're there. And if your awareness is dead, you're not going to feel them. Awareness. And finally, the P, point of presence. 
point of presence. Something we've been talking about and will continue to talk about. Some of you know it as the now moment, but we define it here as a point of presence. Where are you right now? Where is your presence? Where is that brilliant, what you would call, flash of light or enlightenment or awareness? Is it off into tomorrow? Well, most of human consciousness actually is. It went out there. It's been out there for months now. They're not in their point of presence. They're out somewhere else, exploring the potential futures, because so many on Earth right now, billions and billions of humans are worried about what's going to happen tomorrow, next week, next year. So their point of presence is not here, right now. It's out exploring the potential of disaster, end of the world, end of the days of good things. It's out exploring the potential of fear and anxiety. So why do you think you've been feeling the way you have lately? You've been feeling them out somewhere else. But you can stay in your point of presence right here, right now. In this point of presence, everything comes to you. When you're out there, it doesn't. It's as simple as that. When you're here, it comes to you. When you're here and you're making conscious choices, it, in a sense, um, magnetizes you. It causes those things to now start flowing into your reality. You don't have to get specific. You don't have to say, I need a thousand dollars. But if you're in your point of presence and you've chosen abundance, it will be there. In the point of presence, health comes back, vitality, energies, everything in the point of presence. These very simple, simple guidelines beep. And when you get out of them, we're going to beep. We'll honk the horn at you. We'll make an electronic noise from your computer. We'll make an odd noise. You're not sure where it's coming from. We're going to beep at you. Are you breathing? Are you doing it the easy way? Are you aware of things around you and within you? And are you in your point of presence? Let's take a deep breath with that. I'd like to offer a few insights and tips on things that are going to happen, these um, or ways to live as things happen, I should say. These are not uh, any sort of prophecies, but rather just tips for the new energy being. These are actually not mine, they're yours. I've gathered them up from the questions that you've asked over the last few weeks and the answers that you've come to, of course, putting our own energy into it as well. We'll go down the list of some of the commonly asked questions right now. First, and probably foremost on most of your minds, where should I invest my money? <laughs> I'll make that very simple. If, you're, if you have the capability to invest, if you have the extra funds right now, 
And uh, Calder's asking me if I have a license to be an investment counselor. And damn right I do. I'm Jewish. So, damn. <laughs> so, where to invest? Where to invest? Land, real estate. Oh, dear Chambro. And you say, but look at the market's going to hell. All the prices are going down. Exactly. Exactly. The prices are going down, and somewhat artificially, we'd have to say, being pushed down. Why? Because there's a lot of people with a lot of money that want to come in and start buying cheap land from those who are going into foreclosure. That's part of the plan. Land is the most valuable natural resource on Earth. Now, it's not necessarily going to go up right away but it will. You're going to find that, particularly as um, money is being redistributed around the world, and as some are acquiring great quantities of it right now, they're not foolish. They're not going to go for gold or diamonds. They're not going to put it in the market. They're going to put it into something tangible and necessary, and it's called land. Land can be in the form of just open, vacant land. It can be real estate, but anything that is on a piece of property, a piece of ground, is going to become very, very valuable. You're going to see a great shift in this, particularly in the next, oh, three to four years. So don't go running out today and invest in property if you can't afford it, assuming you're going to make a killing overnight. I'm talking about the long haul. Land will become the most valuable commodity on Earth. And it will surpass gold and some of these other uh, things in terms of, of the value, of the, of the realness. It's going to be interesting to watch gold. Some of you um, have asked me about that. And I'm not a proponent of gold right now. I would have been several years ago when you didn't ask me. <laughs> but I'm not a proponent right now because gold and some of the other uh, precious metals and jewels are being artificially manipulated right now. And gold, gold is just, again, a thing of trust. You know, you put your, you placed your trust in uh, this paper money or electronic money, and you say, but it's, you know, what's really important is gold. It's just metal. It's just metal, that's all. Metal people like to wear and show off, but it doesn't have any real intrinsic value. So you're going to see the gold market um, going through its own gyrations. And, and I have to say, watching the energies these last few months, um, and I don't mean to offend anybody, but the cowards went to gold. They did. Because they thought, this is safe. It's almost the next best thing of putting it in your mattress. So they went to gold. And there's a lot of fear energy and greed energy in gold and, to a degree, diamonds and uh, platinum right now. Real estate right now for humans. Don't hoard it. Don't, don't try to um, go out and buy out the uh, counties at a time. <laughs> if you're interested and you can't necessarily afford it, pool your resources together, Shambra. It's It's... It's age-old. It's, it's a practice that goes back as far as I can remember, and that's a long way. Pool your resources 
sources together in a trust or a type of uh, um, company with each other. But then sit patiently, very, very patiently. Breathe, breathe on land, breathe on the investment. So that's my advice. If you're going to play the market right now, there are two things in particular. Now, I know some of you, <laughs> some of you uh, may agree or disagree, but again, then stand with me for, come up here for a while, watch how energy works and moves. There's a couple things right now that uh, I feel are very ethical and will also provide a very good return on investment for you so that you can then keep those energies moving. Two things. Uh, there is agricultural research and also energy research right now. I'll expand it a little bit and I'm going to say even into medical and scientific research, but particularly agricultural research and energy research. Now, I'm not talking about investing in a what I would call relatively traditional energy company, such as uh, the wind turbines or solar or even uh, oceanic or the, you know, wave energy. I'm talking about companies that are working on energy at a very, very uh, uh, deep level of physics and new physics. I, the energy from the sun right now isn't going to be enough for the Earth's energy needs in the next 25 years, period. We're not saying it's a bad thing, but if you're going to invest your money, there are companies right now that are working on quantum physics of energy, and they're going to have breakthroughs, not all of them, but it's going to have an effect for all of them. Energy research. Now, you're going to have to feel out the companies. You may have to do a little research, but once you how to say, once you uh, magnetize yourself to that, the information will come to you about these companies. You just happen to read about it, hear about it. You won't find it in one of these uh, late-night television commercials about investments, but it will come to you. Agricultural research, the quiet research right now, but it's going to be explosive. I'm not talking about the final production or distribution of crops, but the research behind, because there are some breakthroughs that are very, very near to happening that don't involve what we would call manipulation of the, of the um, atomic particles and the, uh, some of the um, basic principles of the seed itself, but involve the encouragement or actually the... Um, the expansion of some of the energy. In the next three to five years in particular, it will become evident that the world is having difficulty feeding herself. As the populations grow, as they demand more food, as they consume more food per capita, you're going to find that the need for real breakthroughs in agricultural technology, in in the, um, the seed itself and some of the growing techniques is going to become very important. Right now, there's not a lot of money going into this. It's not terribly exciting, but 
it will become very, very exciting in a short period. What, hap- what is happening right now, too, is that there's a certain level of food energy going to sustain the world. But as more people start waking up, more people start coming out of um, their hypnotic slumber, they're going to go through a period of consuming more food. I take a typical human on Earth right now, if you go to the, to the middle, to the median, um, let's say they're consuming 10 units a day of food energy. As they begin to awaken, that human starts to consume 20 and 30 food units a day because they're going through a metamorphosis, a change. They need more food energy. Now, at a certain point, it starts reversing, and they need less food energy in their, in, to sustain themselves because their body has become more efficient. So, well, that is my advice to all the questions about investment. Finally, Tobias uh, reveals. Is that legal? It doesn't matter. I'm not here. <laughs> I'd like to see them take me to court for that. Sorry, Caldra. <laughs> yeah. I was in prison once. You can be in prison. <laughs> Joking. Next question, where to live? Where to live? Now, I'm going to simplify it here, but you're still going to ask me questions later. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. There are no places on earth that hold any more potential than any place else in terms of vortexes and grids and all the rest of that. That's old energy. A new energy human makes their own, brings their own, creates the safe and sacred space. But you're going to find it easier in areas that have a little bit more sunshine. Sunshine is going to have a way of uh, making you more aware of invigorating the system. The sunshine also, the sun has a way of uh, uh, allowing your physical body to be more at ease and also helps it through some of its um, healing processes. I'm not talking about having to have sun every day of the year, but if you're going to pick some place to live, I'd encourage slightly on the sunny side. (laughs) Places right now that are away from the noise, the energy noise of big cities. And again, not that there's any special portals or non-special portals, but you live, there's more vibrational noise, energetic noise on earth than ever before. When it comes from people, when they're condensed together, especially when they're in this type of hypnosis, it comes from machines. Machines, whether you know it or not, make a tremendous amount of noise. Energy noise, not just hearing noise. That noise can be very difficult on the system, particularly in a, in a condensed city. There is a tremendous amount of um, noise from cars. There is noise from everything, and that is difficult on the physical system. You don't have to get very far out of town, uh, a few kilometers, 10, 20 kilometers. The noise levels drop substantially. 
That allows your body to connect closer to earth, closer to the grounding of Gaia. It allows the body to go through a type of uh, cleansing and readjustment process much easier. If you're in a large city, it's difficult to realign the body, which needs to be the body, mind, and spirit, which need to be done now on a very, very regular basis. So, a little bit sunnier, a little bit quieter, we recommend. We don't want any of you to be thinking that you have to be living in a certain area anymore, or that we're assigning you to a certain part of the world, a certain country, anything like that. Those were in the old days. It's new now. And it really is a question of where do you want to be? So, deep breath, quick drink. Let's talk about work. You say, you've been asking, what kind of work should I be doing? The answer to that, to that is really quite simple, what you want to be doing. But we recommend doing it on your own. You're moving out of a time of working for other companies. Part of what is really uh, taking your energy away, and that of the people immediately around you, is that working for a company is really draining you. How can you be a sovereign being beholden to another company. It's different when you are an integral part of that company, uh, um, one of its uh, top leaders or one of its founders. But when you are when you're just in there hanging on to survive, it's going to wear you out at, at every level. It's also going to limit your ability for abundance. You find that although it's frightening moving off into your own venture, for some of you, it is a lot more rewarding, a lot more potential for abundance, and it is also a lot more satisfying. So our answer to that is work for yourself. Create your own company that's your passion, that gives you a reason to be here, because the longer you continue working for those other companies, the more it's going to wear you down. What to eat, your diet. Right now, we suggest a diet that has at least a daily intake of what we would call uh, unprocessed or live essence foods. And we're not saying to go totally unprocessed or even totally organic. Let's say that you like um, you like eating a lot of processed food. Um, some of you we see you devour great quantities of these things you call chips, uh, processed meats, uh, processed anything out of a can. And that is okay because your body intuitively understands how to activate the real energies in that food. But it helps when there is the reminder from foods with life force energy still in them, unprocessed. Preferably organic, but not necessarily. That sets up the an essence or a vibe, a type of vibration or a remembrance for the other processed foods you put in there. Reminds it at its core. It comes from, usually from the ground, <laughs> sometimes from an animal. But that it, even the animal, you know, what ate 
the grasses and the grains and other things. So by having a daily reminder of unprocessed foods, salads, vegetables, fruits, doesn't have to be a lot, just a little, it reminds all of that other stuff you put in your system where it came from. It sets the way in then converting it into nutrition, but even at a deeper level into real type of uh, a different type of energy that your body utilizes, uh, more of a interdimensional energy. So we suggest in the diet getting some of these uh, natural foods, healing or or let's say medicine. Are you doing this so we don't have to do a Q&A? <laughs> <laughs> Already doing it. <laughs> Healing or medicine. Some of you ask about that. What should you do? I'm going to say right now, default more towards alternative, uh, what you call alternative, but it should have the essence of self-healing built into it. In other words, not turning your healing over to somebody else. There are times when you need the facilitation or the guidance times when you need that kind of um, a boost from working with somebody else. But there are so many good alternative medicines coming up right now, herbal, organic, um, even breathing is a medicine, you know. The reason why we bring this up in particular, some of you have wondered about the drugs that you're on. Well. The drug sometimes can provide uh, temporary relief and get you stabilized, but in the long term, these drugs are working against you. It is my uh, and St. Germain's humble opinion that you live in a medicated, humble opinion, <laughs> that you live in a medicated society, and it will continue. You're going to see farm. Pharmaceutical companies growing bigger and bigger and bigger. I didn't include them in my investment advice, as I didn't include uh, weapons and uh, some other uh, types of things, because I don't think it's a high-integrity place to be putting your money right now. But they will grow. I know some of you are already writing that note down, invest in pharmaceuticals. The pharmaceutical companies, by the way, will be highly regulated in these next few years by the governments, and some will actually be taken over by the governments. That should scare you. That should scare you. They're going to do it on the um, basis that uh, they've, uh, they're going to go bankrupt and people need these uh, drugs to live. But what's really happening here, once a government gets hold of a medic uh, drug company, we all need to do a lot of breathing. <laughs> Medications are a form of uh, physical and psychological hypnosis. It's much easier to medicate somebody than to put up with them. <laughs> it's much easier to medicate versus asking somebody to heal within. So you're going to be seeing a very, very medicated society for everything. Things that are psychological, of course, and it's growing at uh, epidemic proportions. Uh, but also things for the body. A problem with your liver, take a pill. Problem with your aches and pains, take two pills. Problem with your heart, take five pills. 
And you know, the other thing that happens is that once you start taking all these different pills for all these different things breaking down, they're all going to explode at some point. You have too many strange uh, energies, uh, energies that are not necessarily compatible with some of the natural systems of the body. So as much as possible, look for the alternative. There will be times, yes, where you need to take something to get yourself stabilized. But then remember what we talk about in standard technology. Your body knows how to heal itself if you let it. Your body knows how to bring itself back into balance if you let it. And going out here on a limb a little bit, a lot of the things that your body is going through now are not necessarily medical emergencies. Tobias is at, or Calder is asking me to put in a uh, disclaimer here. Always see your doctor, but with that out of the way, the, <laughs> the a doctor is going to medicate you. That doctor is going to medicate you. That's what they're trained and hypnotized to do now. When is the last time you went to a doctor and had the doctor even look you in the eyes? Had the doctor say, do you really want to heal? Have the doctor say, let me spend an hour or two with you right now. Five to six minutes at best, at best. And that includes them telling bad jokes and sports stories. So, dear Shambra, dear Shambra, the body knows how to heal itself and let it do that job. Some of the processes you're going through right now with aches and pains, with um, some of the other uh, activities of the organs in particular, are adjustments your body's making to its new DNA. Sometimes, yes, it is uncomfortable or painful. Take a look inside. Why is the body acting like that? Take a deep breath. Feel your body. Feel your energy. One other thing for Tobias's tips for the day, and we'll answer the rest of them when you ask your questions and answers, is, is the mind. The mind. What do you do about your mind right now? You've heard us talk about going beyond the mind. You're wondering what the role of the mind is. Should you love your mind? Should you hate your mind? Is it, is it a, a, the villain? Is it the enemy? Or is it your friend? It is part of you. It is a very important part of you and serves many very important functions. But right now you're starting to go beyond the mind. You can feel it. You know it's happening. Intuition coming in, feeling things like never before. You zap back to the mind because it's been programmed that way. But you're getting bold now. You're getting, you're getting very, very bold, allowing yourself to go into your intuitions. That's one of the reasons why Jung was particularly interested in coming here. He was a big believer in intuition and knowing this. He could never quite um, understand how it was working, but he knew that it was. So a couple things in the mind right now. Love it, of course. Understand that it's here for an important purpose, but understand 
There's so much more. Now, not that many Shamba do this, but I see you going back to it once in a while. Things like, I know you're, some of you are going to get mad at me, but is your mind getting mad at me? Things like affirmations, positive statements, thinking positive only, things like mind control and mind focus are not appropriate for you, maybe for other humans right now who are still learning um, how to manage their energy, but you're beyond that. The affirmations are basically um, you have to lie to yourself. <laughs> you have to try to reinforce something, and you're denying part of yourself. All these positive statements that uh, think positive, well, that's great, but think negative too. <laughs> truly, truly. Allow yourself to feel and to think, and to feel and observe your thoughts, how you think, the patterns that you think in. Don't try to regulate the thought process. If you are allowing new energy and new consciousness of yourself, and then you go back and you try to do mind control, thought control, positive affirmations, all the rest of this, it's going to be um, it's going to twist the energies. It's going to it's going to cause you to be very very uncomfortable, and if not, just go a little bit crazy. Um, so let go of those type of things. There's nothing like a good negative and a good positive thought. Don't be afraid of the negative thoughts. If negative, if if the mind was so um, powerful or efficient that thought itself could create reality, your reality would be a whole lot different, wouldn't it? But it's not. Thankfully, at some level, the mind doesn't create reality. You've kind of programmed that in, I guess. It's been over-programmed, but it was known back, way, way back then, if the mind could create reality, it would be a hell of a dangerous place to live. So reality is created at a very different level, a level of soul and passion and, and true desire, but not from the mind. So to try to go back now and do mind control or trying to create reality, reality from the mind and trying to filter your thoughts is going to be counterproductive and, and going to make you a bit crazy. So, dear Shambra, we know what's going along. These were Tobias's timely tips for the day. Let's take a deep breath. We'll have more as we continue expanding into this new energy. What a delight it's been today to bring in our guest, Carl Jung, and to be here with all of Chambra, kind of like the Jung and the Restless. <laughs> and so it is. <laughs>